0: Happy, happy Mike happy Mike's happy good Happiness. talking about stuff talking about things talking about you talking about me it's not our country and we are celebrating it is Canberra. Canberra, Canberra, Canberra conversations in the capital hello my name is Henry welcome to Canberra conversations in the capital Today, next to the fields of the Canberra Equestrian Centre, I am joined by Han Worsley of Country to Canberra. Country to Canberra is an award-winning non-profit organisation which runs nationwide programmes providing education, leadership and mentorship opportunities to regional, rural and remote teenage girls. Originally from rural New South Wales, Hannah is currently studying Primary STEM Education at the University of Canberra. They have been with Country to Canberra for several years, becoming CEO of the company in mid-2020. Passionate about everything they do, Han has worked with numerous groups to promote gender equality, LGBTQ plus rights, and accessible education throughout the country. Han, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks Henry. You and I have been, I'd say quite close friends now, for some yeah. time. And mm-hmm. currently right now we're sitting in the back of your ute, next to your horse, Bellboy's Field, and I think this is definitive Han Worsley. Well, yes, w- w- all very we have <laughs> Bellboy has been such a massive part of your life, so much so that you've even ended up bringing him to Canberra Mm -hmm. when you moved over. Tell me about the two of you.
1: Um, So I've been horse riding since I was probably five or six years old. My family is not horsey, but I do come from quite a big farm. Um, And so I managed to convince my parents to let me take lessons and then get a horse and then get another horse and so after many many years of riding Bellboy is kind of the last level up if you will um the most recent level up so Bells and I have been together for it's coming up to 10 years now um, which is a long time for non-horse people to have
0: a a horse yeah
1: exactly and so he's he's definitely he's definitely a big part of my life I made the move to Canberra um, very much with him in mind. I'd been living in Sydney and couldn't afford to keep him there so mm. Canberra was a place where I could have my horse which is you know I often describe my horses as, as my, my gym membership, my psychologist, <laughs> my best friend you know like he fills so many roles and impacts on my well-being so much so I, I feel really lucky to have a hobby that does all of that for me too.
0: And It was in rural New South Wales where your first, where your own experience with country to Canberra started. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember much about that first trip?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, I remember when because I entered in the competition. It's the leadership competition. So girls and non-binary people from across Australia enter the competition with an essay or a video in response to a question, and the winners come to Canberra on what we call a power trip. Sure. Um, And basically. This, in 2014, was the first year it ever ran. Um, Hannah Wandel, the then CEO and the the founder of C2C, uh, was basically a one-woman show. And she was on the radio talking about it while I was on the way home from my many swimming trainings um, in the car. And Mum and I thought it would be a great idea to apply for. I kind of put an essay in and didn't think about it and ended up being one of the three national winners. So that power trip was so influential for me because... Not only did I get to kind of get out of my rural bubble and go to the city, but I also got to meet other people who were feminists, who Mm. were supporters of, um, you know, quite progressive ideals like LGBT rights and and refugee rights and that sort of thing. And I just was so thrilled to be a part of that, that kind of journey with Country to Canberra and get to meet so many like-minded people.
0: And you mentioned Hannah Wandel. Yeah. She founded in 2014, like you said, and she's Mm -hmm. currently the Board of Directors Chair. Yep and around mid 2020 that CEO mantle that she originally had yes was passed on to you
1: yes it was
0: how has How has that been so far? I'm sure COVID has had some sort of impact on everything.
1: Yeah, it's been honestly such a learning curve and so full on, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I sort of officially took over in September, but I've been sort of training in the role and learning the ropes and being really actively mentored by Hannah into that role since sort of early 2020. Cool. Um, And that role essentially for the first year was supposed to be learn the stuff you don't know. The finances, the legal stuff, the organisational sort of happenings, the way charities work in Australia, learn all of that while the programs run themselves. We have a fantastic (laughs) volunteer team and they just absolutely kill it every time we have to run any kind of program. So I was like, sweet, I'll learn the ropes. You guys run the (laughs) programs. We're all set. And then COVID happened and it really was just like, oh my goodness, I now have to pivot. I have to create a whole new program, um, an online program to help augment the in-person power trip, which is so important to us. So we have postponed it, but Hmm. we didn't want to leave the girls in the lurch. So in two months since we made that decision, I've had to learn to do so many more things, (laughs) have such an active role in the operations of the team. And I feel like it's made me so much more confident than I would have been without it. But, at the time, taking it on, I did feel a little bit like, "Oh my goodness, what have I just signed up for
0: and naturally fair enough like <laughs> yeah. yeah it's been a it's been an interesting year to, it to, really to say has. the least and aside from country to Canberra alongside it, you're balancing so many commitments you 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 mentioned how much of a learning curve and how much you had to do this year already, just with yep. the program. But you've got university, you've got family, personal projects. What's your secret, hand? How have you managed to continue at such a seemingly non-stop pace
1: uh, it just lots of coffee? I, you know what? I don't even drink that much coffee. <laughs> I'm very much a, a fueled by chocolate and exercise, which is a weird combination. But so long as I get out for a horse ride, get for a swim, do a bit of yoga and have a bit of chocolate along the way, that usually pushes me through. <laughs> But I really have this year taken on a lot and I think that as well has been something I've learnt is that going into 2021, I need to make sure that I prioritise, that I acknowledge that in the Country to Canberra role, I am a volunteer,
0: yeah.
1: um, that I don't take on ridiculous hours at work and that I prioritise my well-being. So I think the biggest secret is probably that I have a fantastic mentor yeah. or a couple of mentors and they have helped to guide me along that sort of path of keeping all the things that I want on the go, but not overdoing it.
0: Oh, definitely. And you mentioned before uh, you were part of that first group to take part yep. in that Canberra Leadership PAL Trip back mm-hmm. in 2014. Has it evolved much throughout the years? Like, aside mm-hmm. from this year, yeah. obviously. Yes, right? because, like Because exactly. you can say, yeah, it's made a massive jump all of a sudden for some reason uh, <laughs> leading up to this year, for the last five or so mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's getting keeps attraction, everything's yeah. getting, getting going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, when I came in 2014, like I said, it was basically a one woman show. There was Hannah Wandel and she was running it. She had yeah. friends and family and a few sort of connections in Canberra supporting her. But yeah, we had three winners from across Australia. We spent one full day in the capital. Um, we were flown in, flown home. Um, And we got such an incredible experience meeting politicians and um, some other really fantastic leaders. I remember meeting Rebecca Skinner, who at the time was head of defence, that sort of thing. Really, really interesting people. But... It was very small scale, whereas, you know, fast forward to 2019, which is probably the best indication. Like I said, where we're going, 2020 is a bit of an interesting one. But we had 18 winners from across Australia. We had some incredible major sponsors. So it was no longer sponsored by just a single grant from, at that time, the YWCA. Mm. Um, They've continued to be a supporter, but we now have our diamond sponsor, AgriFutures Australia. Um, Qantas is a sponsor of ours. We've got um, the University of Canada. Canberra, CWA Tasmania, PwC, like we have some really big big names behind us, it's very (laughs) exciting and I think that's been the biggest thing is like you say traction, we've stuck really true to our values and I think people respect that and acknowledge that we fill a real niche with rural women and young binary people, so I think that's the reason that we've grown so much.
0: Now another program within the country to Canberra was the Project Empower Road Trip Mm. of 2018, which you helped lead. Workshops being developed and delivered across 32,000 kilometres of the country, which empowered young, feminine, identifying people to reach the leadership potential. There must have been some exceptionally fond memories throughout that entire trip. Were you there for the entire trip?
1: I was not there for the entire (laughs) trip, no. So Hannah Wandel took three and a half months off work, basically, to travel that whole thing. And different volunteers from the team went along for periods of anywhere from one week to four weeks. Um, And so we spent a long time planning that whole trip out. Um, we had different volunteers on different States, organizing the workshops and they were totally free for all the communities. So we went to some really rural remote places, but I joined for the Tasmania leg of the trip. So cool. I spent a week down in Tassie. Um, and one of the best experiences I think that I had down there was the very first workshop we went to, I'd kind of flown in the night before, um, met up with hannah we stayed in a hotel and we drove out to this place we turned up and it was like kind of like an agricultural high school Mm. um and we had a group of girls come in and before we even started the workshop there were girls who were like i don't know why we're here why aren't the boys here why do we have to do this and by far the biggest impact in those workshops was it was always made on girls who came in with that kind of attitude because We come in with a very, like, you know, we're not here to change your opinion. We're here to show you some new information and help you to make your choice on it. Because there's no point us coming in, although we're rural women, there's no point us coming in from a city setting and trying to tell people in their own communities the best way to do things. Because that just doesn't work. (laughs) And it makes them feel infantilised and, you know, patronised and we don't want to do that. And so that was one of the best workshops because we sat down with those girls and at the end some of them there were there was one girl in particular who I remember who really struggled with literacy mm. basically couldn't read them write. and by the end of it she was using words like feminism and intersectionality nice. and bias and have being able to have a conversation now about issues which will affect her but she would never have been able to talk about or discuss before and I think that's the most powerful thing is even if we don't Get every girl coming out of it as a feminist or a really progressive thinker that's not the point it's so that those girls are able to have conversations and whatever their opinion is they can hold their own
0: yeah.
1: and yeah that was a really
0: really great workshop it's very powerful mm. any chance we can get some insight into what these workshops look like
1: yeah definitely so we sort of focused on feminism leadership and empowerment um so They're called Project Empower because of exactly what I just described. We want to empower the girls to hold their own, to contribute to their communities in a meaningful way and to be able to go into uni, into a career, finishing high school, being a great parent or a great community member, whatever it is. So we really focused on bringing a localised approach um, and basically talking about what feminism is and how gender equality is important, especially to rural women, Mm. how we can empower all young women to reach their leadership potential, whatever that form of leadership might look like. And then we looked at strong female leaders from across the country and across the world um, and how we can embody parts of their success into our
0: own lives. Nice. And aside from all the in-person things that like Country to yep. Canberra is doing, I've heard that your online community is also very prevalent. I mean, this year aside, let's yes, say. Yep. Uh, tell, me, tell me about your blogger teams and, yep. and your mentoring programs.
1: Yeah. So our, I'll start with the blogger team. Um, sure. That has been a, quite a long running program. Um, here at Country to Canberra. And basically what we do is we offer young rural women and non-binary people the chance to write about issues they're passionate about, and we publish them on our website and also try to share that with our network. So they're kind of getting published on a national stage. Nice. Um, and that program does have some people who have been previous winners or, say, Project Empower participants, but it also reaches girls who wouldn't normally get the opportunity to participate in our program so they can write in and apply to be part of the blogger team. Hmm. And similarly, the mentorship team—they um, run our mentorship program, which is all run online. So I like to say we were we were practicing for COVID before it began. <laughs> we had the we've we've had this mentorship team running really successfully over the past couple of years, where girls and non-binary people join a six-month mentorship program where at least once a month they meet with their mentor over phone or online on zoom or something like that and we match them based on particular attributes or aspirations that they have and it's been really successful because we've got a real rural focus yeah. as opposed to again that idea of city people helping country people it's rural women helping rural girls and we're really really passionate about it
0: nice That's wonderful. Now, shifting gear just a little, yep. you, you you came out a few years ago mm-hmm. and have since identified as queer. Yep. Ever since you've been involved with such organisations as UC Rainbow and the Pinnacle Foundation in Canberra, mm-hmm. have you had any experiences regarding your sexuality during the Country to Canberra visits to rural towns?
1: I've never had anything negative. Absolutely not. I've definitely had people curious mm-hmm. Um certainly when you go to some of these rural towns that are very like the rural town I grew up in, um, you get some funny looks, being someone with short hair, pretty androgynous looking, tall and lanky, um, somebody who goes in and openly says, you know, well, okay, let's talk about intersectionality. What's it like to be a queer rural person? That instantly gets people going, okay, what's going on here? (laughs) Um, But honestly, the only things that have ever come up through Country to Canberra are... Um, girls, winners, teachers coming up to me and saying, um, you know, you seem to know a bit about this topic. I am, I identify as this or my son is this or my child is this. And I get to kind of really enjoy that experience of talking to them and educating them and just pointing them in the right direction to be open-minded.
0: That's, that's wonderful. I think, yeah, conversation about it is very important. Yes, definitely. definitely. So everything's a bit uncertain right now. Yeah. I mean it's looking it's looking better
1: yeah it's improving
0: but uh in terms of country to campus future yeah if you had a wish list Mm -hmm. going for let's say like you had a wish list of what you want to see this organization be at where you want to see it be at in say five years
1: yeah
0: what would be on that wish list
1: oh that's a tricky one I remember when I was a part of the Country Country to Canberra blogger team myself Mm -hmm. um, sort of three or four years ago writing about how I find it really hard to set specific goals for myself and that's been (laughs) a really great thing that my mentors have helped me with. I think the main thing is that we are a really sustainable organization so that's been a big thing with the CEO transition is that Country to Canberra, although it was started by Hannah and is very much her organisation in a way that she's she's influenced it and built it to where it is today, mm. we don't want it to stop when Hannah steps down as CEO or when she leaves the chair, the chair role. Yeah. Um, we want it to continue. So I hope that in a couple of years, Country to Canberra has a name for itself just by itself, which I think we've really developed already. So I'd love to see that continue. Um, And I also really want to see us reaching more disadvantaged young women. I love the leadership competition and the power trip and it's given me fantastic opportunities. But we do get a particular demographic of girls come through that program. Mm. They're girls who are really literate. They have to write an essay or submit a really eloquent video to win the competition. So we're not actually reaching sometimes some of the girls who really experience like compounded disadvantage in their communities. Mm. So I hope that we can kind of Develop Project Empower, develop maybe some other programs so that we are really reaching girls who might struggle even more so with their sort of rural and remote setting. Yeah.
0: Do you have any idea when the next Project Empower trip may happen?
1: Uh, we're hoping to run a, pr- a pilot program in Terms 1 and 2 of this year. Oh, cool. Um, to develop it basically so that as CEO, I don't need to take three or four months off work <laughs> um, to be able to run it because it is a volunteer role. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're well underway. We've got a brand new Project Empower team with a couple of new volunteers who have written full-day workshops and we're, we're working on implementing a new, more sustainable program this year. And that's amazing. 2021.
0: Making making use of the off time very well. Yes, exactly. Do we see it becoming like an annual thing going forward or is it more?
1: Um, I think it's going to develop into a slightly different approach rather than doing one massive trip. We might do small trips to different states, but that very much depends on how our pilot program goes and the kind of feedback that we get from communities because we, we really want to make sure that whatever we implement is going to work really well with the schools that we're trying to help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to finish off, my friend, the floor is yours. Is there anything you would like to say to our listeners?
1: Honestly, I just think um, the biggest thing, and maybe, maybe I'm speaking from coming off the back of C2C on screen, which was our, our uh, online version of the power trip for this year. Yeah. And yesterday we, we had a mentorship session. So maybe I'm speaking a little bit sort of <laughs> impacted by that. But I think one of the biggest things is to have a mentor, whether that's a formal mentor, an informal mentor. Um, the people that I've had support me along the way mm. have been the biggest factor in my success in being able to cope with doing lots of different things and being able to cope with just other random life stuff that comes up that you can't predict and sometimes you can't manage on your own Um, I think yeah get a good mentor um get a good hobby if your hobby doesn't double as your psychologist and your gym membership and your everything else then maybe get some of those too but support networks I'm all about them and I think that's that's probably the one thing that I want to do is just say a thank you along my journey for particularly Hannah Wandel, but other people who have supported me in those kind of mentoring roles I'm really
0: lucky. Hannah Worsley thank you for the chat.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) My name is Henry this has been nope I'll edit this last bit out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Damn it Henry.
0: Let's go from like I'm I'm gonna thank you again. Okay
1: (laughs) yeah go for for it just get yourself in the (laughs) zone.
0: Hannah Worsley thank you for the (laughs) (laughs) chat.
1: You your face like he's not
0: going to do it, he's going like, to see you just crumbling. Ah, uh, too good. Han Worsley, thank you for the chat.
1: Not going to respond to that? <laughs> I'm just trying not to look at you so I don't
0: laugh.
1: It. Okay, alright, do it again. I'll right. I've, I've got it. I've got it. You got it? it? We got yep. it? Alright. Yep, I got it.
0: Han Worsley, thank you for the chat.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Henry.
0: My name is Henry from the Canberra Equestrian Centre. This has been Conversations in the Capital. Stay safe, be kind, and we'll see you all soon.